rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everybody, what's happening? This is Tara Devlin, unapologetic liberal talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. And if you've seen what's going on with the Republicans lately, um, well, for my entire life. Um, yeah, we need more of that. And look at little Booty. Booty. Booty's on the... She's sharpening her claws. All righty. <laughs> she's such a good girl. And, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for all your... Sending all your love to little Boudica, the new kitten here in Tarabuster Studios. And I want to thank you, Charlie, for your donation to Boudica. That was very kind of you. Something's wrong with my chair. That's why I'm moving my ass around here. The the cushion's not on correctly. All right. Sorry for being a little late. I tried to get the show started at 8.30. I just couldn't get it done quick enough. Thankfully, everybody's pretty forgiving. So... We're gonna, um, you know, uh, actually, we're gonna have to look like a professional show soon because Tom Hartman's gonna be on the show at uh, in about forty minutes. So let's all be on our best be- behavior. And Tom's gonna be talking about his latest in the Hidden History series, which is uh, an an- another amazing book. And I I really believe that. These hidden history books should be required reading for high schoolers, at least. I think they are amazing. And this, the latest is The Hidden History of American Democracy. It's really tight and concise. And there's so much packed into it. And they're, and they're so palatable, I have to say. And they really are... Um, de- it's dense. There's a lot of information in there and stuff that you probably didn't know about democracy stuff that we aren't taught in schools and that's why i think that it should be taught but of course it might be considered too woke at this time because they it is true um so i can't wait to to get tom's take on it right from from the horse's mouth so to speak but the uh, can't even, I don't even know where to begin because the the, the truth is re- these Republicans are openly hostile to democracy. I mean, they're not even hiding it anymore. For years, I've said that in every Republican heart, and, and well, excuse me, in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism, and they're not it's it's not a debate anymore. And I remember when I would say that, people would push back. Oh, come on. But that was during a time when Republicans had to give lip service to democracy. Now they're openly embracing authoritarianism. They they really have always hated democracy. The Because it is, basically democracy is too woke for them. And especially this democracy, as we step, make, as we take those steps towards becoming a more perfect union, because we are multiracial, liberal democracy. I mean, they're fine when 
when we're in a strict hierarchy and there's an apartheid state happening. And that's why they're trying to drag us back to that apartheid state of strict hierarchy. So, um, yeah, what else, what do you think? I mean, when you're, you don't even have to, I mean, you don't got to be Miss Cleo to predict the end of the story when they start when they are rolling back all of the policies that built, uh, that at least um, had uh, us in the uh, um, stepping in the right direction in, in the way of civil rights and um, you know equal rights and gen the general welfare. You know they hate all of that because according to conservatism. It's only certain people are um, capable of ruling, and you know those people by the fact that they are rich, you know, or maybe they're born into it. Because trust me, if we get to the point where, let's say, we have, you know, the Republicans are completely successful, and we get to the point where they're. Um, you know they that they have effectively destroyed democracy. They will, uh, it will go back to um, not that if uh, not that uh, God um, shows us who can rule by who uh, who are. Am I saying it correctly? Who's rich? Um, it will be God will show us who can rule us by the fact that they were born into it. You know, if you if God wanted you to be in the in the um, in the ruling class, then you would have been born into that a, a particular family, and that's where it's going. When it goes, uh, I mean, right now they they they're satisfied with oligarchy. And it doesn't necessarily have to be intergenerational, and, but they're heading that direction. Trust me. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a psychic. I mean, maybe a little bit, but uh, I think we're all a little psychic. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they're just, you know, yeah. You don't have to really, you don't have to wonder because the ingredients are there. When you put the when you when you make a cake, you know you put certain ingredients into the recipe, and then you get a specific type of cake, right? That's what that. What, what do you think they're doing when they're rolling back, uh, you know, the the New Deal? I mean, they're openly hostile to uh, government doing anything to advance the interests of people who weren't born with a trust fund. See, that's the way it is. And, and well, let's talk about perjury trader green. Oh, and here's Booty. She he's she's our emotional support. Boudica. Booty. Booty. What are you doing, Boot? Booty. She's licking the table. What? Come here. Come here, Booty. Come here, Booty Booty. Everybody wants to see you, Booty. Hello, Booty. Do you realize you're on a podcast right now? No. You're a good girl, though. Okay, get out of here. You bother me. All right. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, let's talk about perjury trade green, for example. And I got to keep an eye on the clock because I have to call Tom at 
eight thirty. So, I mean nine thirty, not eight thirty. This is so nerve wracking to have to do things at a certain time and have an actual guest on who makes me nervous. All right. Oh, uh, yeah, it makes me nervous because he's, uh, I don't know. He's like the real deal over here. And look at me. Look at my house here. You know, I got cats running around. And he's gracious enough to come on this show. Damn, kid. That says a lot. It does. Maybe one day I'll be, I'll be worthy. But in the meantime... It's still, I think it's, I mean, I can, I can't even say. I mean, it's, thank you. It's uh, much appreciated. All right, let's talk about Perjury Trader Green, for example. I mean, everybody laughed at them. I mean, she sucks, first of all. Come on. Who votes for these people? You know, let's play her, her turning point action clip that that was it was great that she laid it right out there what what have we been saying you know republicans they offer nothing here here's perjury trader green talking about joe biden and uh fdr and medicaid lyndon b johnson is very similar to joe biden how are they the same they're both Democrat socialists. <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson. Was See, they can't say the word democratic, right? The, the Democrat socialist is not even a fucking thing, except in the fevered mind, and I'm saying that very generous, generously, of the likes of perjury trader Green. It's it's hilarious. That's how that's how stupid they are. This is how tediously. Um, manipulative they are of of the dupes. They can't, you know. They, this is how unserious they are. They can't even say the name correctly. Democratic socialist. Democratic. They, they for some reason they can't say "ick" the "ick" at all. It can't come out of their mouths, which goes to show you. I'll just lower this. We don't really need this. Because it goes to show you how they're they're not serious people. They're not trying to have a, a conversation about what works and what doesn't. About government. About forming or uh, making a more perfect union. And having a society that works for all. What, are you kidding me? They have nothing. You know, these are ideologues. They're cultists who are, you know, they, they have their own lingo because the, the reality and truth and I guess the dictionary has a liberal bias. And, you know, the thing, let, let, well, let's, uh, let, let's continue with what she's, her, uh, her embarrassing book report the majority leader in the senate does that sound familiar he was vice president so. to kennedy Look, he's just like joe was vice you president. realize that she she just learned all this shit 
too. This woman is a maroon, as Bugs Bunny would say. She's not that smart, and I'm being nice there. I don't know why I'm trying to be nice tonight, but she's she's dumb, and she never um the she's she's learning on the job if if at all. She doesn't know anything about civics, about government, about reality, about democracy. She's she fell down a cue hole and. You know, here we are. We have to endure this bitch as the majority leader, and that's what she is. She is the majority leader of, uh, you know, of the House because Kevin McCarthy is nothing. He's got the name above the door. That That's what these people are. They don't want the actual job. They just want the accolades. That's it. He wants to have the gavel. He wants his name. He wants the press to ask him questions. He wants to be in the history books. But he's going to be he's going down in history as the weaker speaker. She's going down in history as the maroon that she is. An embarrassment. They're all a bunch of jokes. Which is why, God help us, if these people get power again, and they're openly discussing it, you know, this is what the Trump is going to do. That's why they invite or Erdogan, they, where they, they go to Hungary to have their uh, little uh, fascist Nuremberg rallies. Because they're bringing it here. I mean, they, we know this. Tucker Carlson, you know, they're all... Uh, they, they're all impressed with authoritarianism. This is what I, I've been saying. They, you know, they don't even feel the need to hide it anymore. They're not, they don't even need to give lip service to democracy anymore. But anyway, so the thing that's funny about her, besides everything else, but is she's, she's reading this... Um, Whatever, somebody wrote this book report for her. The only thing that's missing is Webster's Dictionary describes socialism as, right? That's what it sounds like. Like a 12-year-old like a giving a book report that who didn't read the book, frankly. Webster's, according to Webster's Dictionary... Democrat socialism, well, Democrat socialism isn't a thing, but democratic socialism is described as President Obama. He was appointed as the president after JFK was assassinated, then he was elected. His big socialist programs were the Great Society. What? The Great Society were big government programs <laughs> to address education. Oh, education, how horrible. You should try it sometime, perjury. Who, who is this woman's kids, you know? I feel bad for them. Jeez. Medical care, urban problems, rural poverty, trans... I love her, her inherent disdain for everything that, you know, government is supposed to be... Uh, all about you know a functioning government they they want a government that works for only the the one percent the ones in the ivory tower you know the lords 
where you would go, oh, yes, my lord. Thank you, my lord. Trickle something on me, please, my lord. Transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps. What is her problem? And they're, uh, you know, worse than her. Who are the people in the audience that are like, yeah, Medicare, yeah, Medicaid. They're half, half of these people are on Medicaid. We know that. So what is her, what's her issue with Medicaid and Medicare? You know, these are the same people who pretend to be the saviors of these programs. And welfare, the Office of Economic Opportunity, and big labor and labor unions. Oh, boy. Now, oh, boy. Big labor. You know, democracy in the workforce. Oh, boy. Whoopsie doopsie. You know, the 35% unionized workforce that built the middle class to begin with. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, eight-hour work days, living wages, the weekend. Oh, boy. Whoopie, whoopie, whoa. Gotta stop that. This lady, who is, who are these people? Who are these people that vote for this cretin? Shame on you. Shame on anyone who says this woman is fit, is fit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. Yeah, she's a welfare queen. Add the second on the chat. Yeah, well, she's a welfare queen. She's, did she receive PPP loans for this, this business that she doesn't even have? Well, it's her family's business. She's a fake-ass businesswoman. We know that. They, the dumbasses, you know, don't know that, though. The dumbasses who, who, who think she's got a clue don't know that. LBJ had the Great Society, but Joe Biden had Build Back Better. And he still is working on it. Thank goodness. The largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental oh programs. God. Wow. What, what a nightmare. Oh, the humanity. Now, what, what do these people think um, makes America great? Right? And, and, and like I say all the time, am I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding around. Republicans hate America. I mean, I, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not just like flinging pejoratives. This is living proof. They don't have a clue what what government service is all about they hate america they as much as they hate americans yeah it's goldilocks government for these right wingers you know government the size of government is just right in the ways it serves them that is actually finishing what FDR started I wish. that LBJ expanded on and Joe Biden is attempting to complete. <laughs> it's hilarious. Who, I mean, who thinks that's bad? Nobody except somebody who's sick. And Joe Biden is, exp I, I mean, it's, it is 
genius that uh, you know I was I was appreciative of the fact that the um, you know Joe Biden and uh, the Democrats made an ad out of that. It's awesome. Joe Biden had the largest public investment in social infrastructure <laughs> and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started that LBJ expanded on and Joe Biden is attempting to complete programs to address education, medical care, urban <laughs> problems, rural poverty, transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, labor unions, and he still is working on it. Thank you, perjury. That's how dumb these people are, you see. They don't even realize, you know, nobody wants what, they, what they're selling. And this is why they're all about, you know, attacking the other and dividing the American people. What are you doing in there, booty? Booty! She got her head stuck in a tissue box. This is, you know, she's, they're not that smart, these cats. That's why you got to watch out for them. Booty. Poor thing, right? <laughs> well, speaking of poor things, let's let's continue down the road of perjury trader green. And this is how I mean, I've never seen somebody so thirsty for attention. But um we visited um the 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 awful MAGA rapper Forgiato Blow. Is that how you pronounce it? It doesn't matter. It really, it doesn't matter. But you know that um, Perjury Trader Green, um, she's she's in a rap video, and I, you know, I had to play it because, I mean, what else is Tara Buster for, really, except to eviscerate these these clowns? Oh, the uh, well, I'll wait till Tom Harmon. We got twenty minutes to Tom Harmon. Uh, I got a. Get Tom on the phone, but here let's uh, let's play this perjury trader green rap. It's really cringeworthy. The Democrats are a party of pedophiles. They support <laughs> grooming children. Even Joe Biden, the president himself, supports children being sexualized and having transgender. Do you believe that this is the quote that they're that they're sampling? The Democrats are pedophiles. The, who does this appeal to? Anybody? I mean, does this actually work? Because the people who are, um, you know, are maggots, they're not young people who are, um, you know, who are into music and rap. You know? There are, these are like old people who Perjury Trader Green wants to take away their Medicaid and Medicare. And Socialist Security, because she hates FDR and LBJ and the Great Society and all the things that actually um, people appreciate that makes government work for more than just the 1%. But this is incredible. Um I mean, it's just, it's it's absolutely embarrassing. But also, you want to listen, just keep your ears open for perjury, Trader Green. Um, her 
her she's she's well it's not her well he uh Fergietto blow mentions aoc i don't think there's uh there's like a sentence or a moment that perjury trader green isn't thinking about aoc she so wants to be aoc because aoc is not um, you know, she's, she knows what she's doing. She's not a, she's not a fraud like perjury. She didn't fall down a cue hole one day. You know, she's not, um, a, a complete joke. And, you know, the one thing I have to say that these, that these, uh, filthy maggots have in common, like Trump, perjury, Trader green, the rest of the clowns, they all know how over, uh, in over their heads they are. They understand how unfit they are somewhere deep inside. I don't know how well, really, but you, uh, I don't know how deep. I don't really want to go there uh, without a flashlight and a gun uh, legally and peacefully, but you know what I mean? They just, they they do, it's like Trump. That's why they're so fragile and triggered because he uh, he knows how unfit he is. That's why he has to respond to every moron on Twitter who attacks him or, you know, any anybody who says anything to him. He's got to come back like, oh, I got to hit them 10 times harder because he knows what a fraud he is. Anybody with any self-esteem or security it would just be like, oh, yeah, whatever. That's the same thing with her. They all know what frauds... Well, she knows what a fraud she is. Somewhere in there, she realizes. Uh, but the insanity comes in where you, where you know you're insane, but you just don't know your limitations. That's, that is the mark of insanity. Where I mean, that's really the truth. That is a disconnect from reality where you don't know or respect your limitations. That's it. That, I mean, that's what, you know, crazy people jump out windows. You know, I can fly because you don't know your limitations. You're, you're limited by gravity. It's the same thing. Oh, look at me, perjury trader. I can be a friggin' representative because you fell down a cue hole and now you, you see, you see the matrix. All right, well, let's continue. Surgeries sexualizing children is what pedophiles do to children. MTG Magazine VP. MTG Magazine VP. Oh, my God. MTG Magazine VP. Isn't this embarrassing? I feel embarrassed for her. MTG Magazine VP. Democrats get back. Boom. Reporters even get slapped. They're spreading all these rumors because Marjorie be spitting big facts. Deep state in the left always. Oh, my God. It's embarrassing and of course this guy he's a fraud as well we've done uh, shows on him too where you know he he won't let anybody go to his house because he's another rich white dude who you know he, he tried his hand at being an actual rapper but his raps are all about, are they, I mean, they're all about how much he hates women. And he wasn't very successful. I mean, he's a very sick person, of course. But 
um, he found his niche with the with the Trump cult, and this is what they do. You know, they're these uh, grifters. They, they who have no integrity. They'll they sell themselves out, or you know, they realize what they realize their audience, and they understand how easy it is to separate these dupes from their money. So. When they gonna let Joe up out that basement? Marjorie, I really love what you do. Keep calling Ronald's out. No one does it better than you, huh? Oh, a real no. businesswoman, AOC's a featherweight. A AOC. Bell, a hood. Watch her shake and bake. Divorce? That's all y'all gotta bring up. Yeah, watch her drain the swamp, cause she know they corrupt. She's fighting for our children. Wow. She's fighting for our freedom. She's fighting for She's the jail. Fighting for our, our children, our freedom, and the January 6th traders? And she's sitting there. This is what she did, you know. She's uh, this is part of her job to sit on a on a convertible and look like a douchebag. To sit in a golden chair while some wannabe rapper uh, embarrasses himself. Fighting for the Jan Six is fighting good versus evil. MTG Magazine MVP. MTG Magazine MVP. MTG. Magazine VP. Magazine. Oh my God! What I I swear, when the future generations review this for their for their papers and their political science classes, just know that the majority of us know that this sucks. We know that this is a joke. These people are frauds. They're they're traitors. They're embarrassing. And yeah, and we're doing our, our best to, to make sure that they don't get anywhere near the halls of power with any consequence. Oh my God. I mean, God help us, really. If these people get power more than they already have. Magazine VP. She's a boss. Those liberal tears can't save you, wipe them off. Look at that fucking face, first of all. Look at her, her cheese-ass, fake-ass smile. Liberal tears can't help you? Uh, and why, what are you smiling about? Oh, you like drinking the tears of your fellow Americans? I mean, of course you do, because they're a bunch of traitors. 45, he never lost. He never lost. But I think what upsets me the most, Vinny, is, is the fact that everyone in Washington has known about the Biden. Oh my God, you see, and this is a clip from when she went to New York City and we all... Um, you know, we we ran her out of town. Forty-five, he never lost. Watch a real Georgia Peach go and set it off. But I think what upsets me the most, Vinny, is is the fact that everyone in Washington has known about the Biden crimes for a very long time, wow. and they've done nothing about it. But yet, regular Americans they go to jail. Regular they Americans they go, go to jail. jail. They walk in the Capitol, escorted by Capitol Police, like Jacob Chansley did. Chansley did. Chansley did. Wow. 
like Jacob Chansley did, 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 did. Well, they're a bunch of traitors. Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I love that they're that they're playing a clip from when she was in New York City and we ran her out of town. You know, and uh, Michael Rappaport, get the fuck out of here. All right, Junior, come on, man. Stop. I got cats coming here. We're going to have to do something about this. Before Tom Hartman gets on the show. Where is this? I was trying to find it. Oh, shit. I was trying to find the, the clip of Perjury Trader Green being screamed at by, by New Yorkers. But I can't find it. I made a loss. Liberal tears. Well, you know, um, what a disgusting waste of human DNA Marjorie Taylor Greene is. She, right before I went on air here, she's, you know, showed us once again how classy she is by showing, um, I you know, I guess it's revenge porn? Because at this point, Republicans, they're very sick people. And it doesn't matter, you know, it's anything to protect Trump from the consequences of his actions, which, you know, Trump is a traitor. He tried to overthrow the government, the, the democracy. We um, elected Joe Biden and these Republicans. Um, they can't respect the peaceful transfer of power because they can't respect democracy in general. So um, for... I, 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 there, there's no low too low. That's why they have to project their, um, their, uh, you know, it's either a projection or a confession. So, uh, they're talking about the Biden crime family. Well, where, where show us, you know, they got nothing. Everything that they bring, you know, they try to, uh, they have whistleblowers that are Chinese, agents and arms traffickers under indictment and uh, 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 fired from the FBI and they losing their security clearance and whatnot because they're uh, a bunch of traitors. So they, uh, they have nothing, of course, but it's all to protect the Trump crime family, which, you know, Trump is a lifelong criminal. If he, if he didn't constantly commit crimes then th we wouldn't be in this boat he wouldn't be indicted yet again or on the verge of being indicted yet again so but in order to protect their dim um their glorious dim leader she again yet again tonight right before we went on air um, well, maybe it was early in the day. She showed pictures of naked Hunter Biden in the House Oversight Committee. So on Wednesday, the House Oversight Committee convened on a uh, convened a hearing on alleged meddling by the Department of Justice in its investigation of Hunter Biden, who pleaded guilty in June to two federal misdemeanor charges related to failing to pay his taxes, which, of course, 
Republicans are very upset that, um, you know, I guess he should have gone to jail. I mean, people he uh, pay they 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 are late in paying their taxes. He already paid his taxes. This is what happened. He paid, and then they went after him uh, retroactively yet again. I mean, ha- have you heard? Of, I've heard of people being late on their taxes. No one goes to jail, right? Unless, you know, you're Al Capone or something who evades taxes indefinitely. And Hunter Biden paid his taxes. He was in the grips of active addiction. But Republicans, of course, you know, there's your compassionate conservatism, uh, um, as usual. But uh, he, I, I guess, for whatever, you know, Republicans, they they want to they want to make hunter biden on par with what uh i guess the trump crime family it's like it's a complete fabrication so she she says before we begin i'd like to let the committee and everyone watching at home know that parental discretion is advised now why would she do that because she then she put she picks up where is this she i'll show you what i'm looking at she then holds up a picture where the hell is it yeah Mr. Chairman, um, we're one minute and 53 seconds over. As long as Ms. Ocasio-Cortez can get equal time, uh, she can I, equal I, I will uh, let uh, Ms. Green wrap up uh, five seconds, and thank then uh, I'll give Mr. Mafume additional time. Thank, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Mr. Shapley, you, you start an investigation into Hunter Biden, codenamed Sportsman, which opened in November of 2018. Um, it, it was an offshoot of an investigation the IRS was conducting into a foreign-based amateur online pornography platform. Um, this, this is evidence of Hunter Biden making sex, excuse me, this is my time, making pornography. It's incredible. Should we be displaying this, Mr. Chairman, in the committee? The lady's time has expired and went two and a half minutes over. It's unbelievable. This is evidence of Hunter Biden making sex tapes? No, it's these Republicans took material off of Hunter Biden's laptop, and now they are sharing it um, ad infinitum, which is the definition of revenge porn. Now, do I wish that Hunter Biden wasn't, uh, when he was in the grips of active addiction, didn't take nude photographs of himself? Yeah, I do. But, okay. It doesn't mean that Republicans get to share it on the, uh, 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 to everybody. I mean, this is what they, they think is, um, uh, I guess the government interfering with Twitter, you know, because, they, uh, I guess they believe that they have a constitutional right to see Hunter Biden's dick. It's pretty unbelievable, these people. But, hey, what am I saying? It's not unbelievable. This is who we're dealing with. 
So another person off camera identified as Jamie Raskin asked, should we be displaying this? It's unclear what exactly Green was trying to argue in displaying the highly graphic photos. But eh, it is also a move that is very much, um, uh, it breaks the, um, what do you call it? Revenge porn statute. Washington, D.C. It's just incredible. As if, like, Hunter Biden is not a human being. You know? But, well, they don't treat anybody as human beings. Yeah, amid the chaos, Representative Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, appeared to hold back laughter after Green's time was up. Yeah, it's a big joke, right? Except if you are Hunter Biden, I really do hope that he um, does something, you know, goes. I know that they're suing, that he's suing. um, He's hired a high profile law firm and they're uh, taking proactive action against some of these right wingers who are um, just obsessed with him uh, and making his life miserable. But, you know. Uh, I really do hope that he goes after Perjury Trader Green for revenge, for displaying this revenge porn. That's what it is. It's incredible. After Green's time was up, Representative Arcasio-Cortez used some of her time to point out the hypocrisy of Green's deranged conspiracy theories about Hunter while ignoring the human trafficking investigation into Green's Republican colleague, Matt Goetz. If the gentle lady from Georgia wanted to follow evidence, we should also take a look at hypothetically sex trafficking against a 17-year-old girl. Jeez Louise. It never stops, though, does it? All right, let's see. Let's get ready to bring Tom into the conversation. Everybody act alive and normal. (laughs) No, you're alive. I say look alive. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Again, two super chats in a row. Thank you so much. All right, let me see. This is gonna it's gonna be very nerve-wracking to me. Okay, we got time. That's the Skype. Where do I go? Here. Skype. Skype. I just want to set it up. There we go. With breaking down the fourth wall while we get ready. Tom, I got a call in like one minute. This is so nerve wracking. All right, we got this. That's the lower third. That's the pick. That's the author. Lower third. Where's me? I'm so nervous. All right, we're going to do this now. We're doing it. Okay, how do I do this? Let's see. Add participants. Tom Hartman. Chatted a minute ago. All right, all right. It's almost time. All right, everybody, just get ready. We're going to be bringing into the conversation Tom Hartman. 
author of the Hidden History series. I don't know how he does it, but incredible. All right, let's let's do it. Mm-mm-mm. Tom Hartman. Hey, Tara. Hello. We got you. I got you on the line. Well, hold on a second there, Tom. I got like a few people on the line here. Okay. We'll make sure everybody hears you. How you doing, Tom? Thank you so much for call or, or uh, not calling in, allowing me to call you and sure. uh, talk about your book, your latest book, The Hidden History of American Democracy. Where'd you yep. go? Holy shit. Oh, I, I, I thought we weren't doing video. No, we're doing video. Get up there. Sure, <laughs> I was going to say bandwidth for you. All right. How, wait, everybody, can you uh, hear Tom? Make sure. Yes, yes, yes. All right. They, they say your camera looks more expensive than mine. So It's just a gun. It's just a laugh. <laughs> well, you're looking good there, Tom. So, uh Thank you so much for taking the time. I just, uh, yeah, I was. I read your book again, and I was just telling everybody that we will know this country's on the right track when when the hidden history series is is included uh, as required reading for every student in high school. I believe. I mean, this is such a great, concise background on the real history of American democracy. Now, what, what, when you say the hidden history, what do, you, what do you mean about hidden history of American democracy? Well, there's, there's a lot about our system and about our history that, that uh, is shrouded in mythology or is literally unknown or where people uh, believe things that uh, simply aren't true. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, you know, I wanted to clear a lot yes. of that stuff. Well, I mean, I love the way you, you connect it to the Native Americans and you bring in Karl Marx and the uh, and the Enlightenment, of course. But all of the I mean, when you say Karl Marx, of course, that's uh, very triggering to uh, to some people. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it really is all Remember Marx being in the book. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he's in there because you talk about um, where is it? I have it written down. Look, look on page. Look there it is, 39. Page yes, 30. that's right. And Karl Marx and, where, hold on. Oh, I was noting that Karl Marx yes. had, Engels had written that uh, he had followed the teachings of the Native Americans. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the uh, Karl Marx acquired and read a copy of Lewis Henry Morgan's 1877 Ancient Society. And, oh. and that was... Uh, Yes. So, and and you connected it to the uh, you know the Enlightenment thinkers uh, Rousseau, Locke, and uh, of course these were the insp inspirations for Jefferson and Adams. And a lot of people don't really know this. This is why you know I think this is it's yet again you know another important book. But um, because one of the things that I know, I mean, as far as Republicans are concerned, they are, uh, they talk about how the country was founded in Judeo-Christian values. And what do you think about that? <laughs> no, it wasn't the founders were clear about this. I mean, there were, um, 
kind of fundamentalist whack jobs among the founders. Probably the best well-known is is Patrick Henry, the guy who said, mm-hmm. give me or give me death. He was the largest slave owner in the state of Virginia. He owned over 360 human beings mm-hmm. and was a brutal slave master. Uh, he was also an evangelical fundamentalist Christian who did not like the Constitution, argued against the Constitution at the Virginia Ratifying Convention. He was the reason why James Madison changed the Second Amendment to change the word nation to the word state mm-hmm. to protect the, uh, the Virginia Slave Patrol, Patrick Henry's demand. Um, but he was he was kind of an outlier. Many of the other founders uh, were like Jefferson and Washington were deists or uh, were agnostic, or, you know, many of them were Christians, but they just really believed that government and the church needed to be separate. Um, you know, uh, John Adams, for example, uh, when when Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, and this goes back to my riff about, you know, nature, uh, about democracy being natural for us and all animal species. But when Jefferson wrote the first draft of the Declaration of Independence, he's got, you know, for the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, you know, basically this is ordained by nature's God, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. nature's God. And uh, John Adams goes in and scratches out nature's God and writes in Christian God. And then yeah. Jefferson scratches out Christian God and writes in nature's God, which is where it stays. So, um, but but Adams, who went to church sometimes two or three times a week and took mm-hmm. notes, and and uh, John, James Madison, who was Jefferson's protege, and Adams, of course, you know Jefferson was his vice president, um, and then they ran against each other in 1800. Um, they they were emphatic that they did not want the government involved in religion or religion involved in government. And mm-hmm. and in the case of Adams and Madison, it was because they they wanted their faith to be pure. They didn't want their church corrupted by government. When Madison became president in 1809, the first piece of legislation that he vetoed, one of the few that he vetoed in his entire you know, term as president, terms as president, was a bill that that uh, George Washington had started a poorhouse in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. with federal money that provided housing, medical care, food and clothing to poor people and or to the, you know, the truly indigent. And throughout the Washington and Adams administrations, this was and, and Jefferson administration, this was funded directly by the government. There was a minor religious revival in America around 1810, and um, so this bill came to Madison that said that they were going to give the federal money to a local church, and the church would run it, you know, a faith-based initiative. (laughs) The father of the Constitution, James Madison, wrote a veto in which he said this would be establishing a terrible precedent for the nation, Um, bad for the church, it would be bad for the country, and it's a violation of the Constitution. Hmm. Right, because they wouldn't want to escape— or fight a revolution against a government that was entwined with, uh, with the church and right. an intergenerational aristocracy, just to recreate right. that. Here. And and you had the Church of England, you know, was was mm-hmm. one and the same as the British government. The Queen was the head of the, of the Church of England, right. so. You know, the same deal. Jefferson was convinced that if a priest, which was the term he used, it was kind of generic for you know ministers of any kind. If a priest ever became president, the republic was doomed. Uh, Madison's protege didn't think that was a legitimate concern. He was more concerned that if the government ever started giving money to or dictating the terms of religion, that religion would be doomed. Right. And they had some dialogue going on about this for 30 years. And, you know, it turns out they were both right. Right. That's so true. And but I feel like, you know, uh, we are we're totally getting away from 
the uh the for for the most part people don't really understand that this is this government was founded in the liberal age of enlightenment as the antidote to the kind of system that the that ruled western civilization for 2000 years you know the intergenerational aristocracy the uh you know where the rich run and own everything and everybody else is in their place their natural place like the king right and i feel like this is what the right wingers they're rebuilding this here at home uh, of course with uh you know mom and apple pie uh uh, while waving the flag and all that. And I know that you share this, my concerns about this time that we live in, but, I mean, uh, what do you, I mean, how, 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 how are you feeling today? I know <laughs> I wax and wane about it, too. Sometimes I'm very hopeful. I feel like it's always darkest before the dawn, but, you know, God help us, really, if uh, we if you know trump gets back in let's say i and uh i just don't know uh if we can survive it's really you know this country's young it's less than 250 years old and this is the grand experiment and it feels really sad that it seems to be slipping away so uh and i think it does begin with people not really understanding the true history that's another thing, you know. I wish that this book was required reading in in high schools, in the very least, because we don't really share a common history. It feels to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Which is which is unfortunate. In in terms of what I what I think or feel about the future, um, I think that uh, yesterday or the day before, when Trump uh, was at his most recent rally, mm. he made the comment that this will be the final battle. Mm. This election of 2024 is going to be the final opportunity to, in his, uh, you know, worldview or statement, to to fix America. Um, I would say, you know, the opposite, the final battle to save America. Wow. His point was that he realizes, and I think he, I, I really think it's true. He realizes that the jig is up with the GOP. Right. Um, you've got an entire generation coming up that is not buying their BS, whether it's their climate change stuff or their, you know, give tax cuts to billionaires and it'll trickle down on all of us BS or. Right. <laughs> But, you know, trashing the rights of women or going after the queer community, mm -hmm. whatever it be, you know, there's a whole generation coming up looking at that um, and, and going, this is this is total BS. We want nothing to do with this. So the Republicans see that coming. Uh, they also realize that there's a lot of pissed off women out there. Mm -hmm. And and then on top of that, um, you know, the, you've got the, the boomers, you know, my generation are start also starting to wake up in a big way mm -hmm. because it's so clear that the Republicans want to gut Social Security yeah. and Medicare. Right. And so, you know, they, they've managed to piss off everybody. About right. the only people who are still with them are, are millennials and Gen Xers who are so busy trying to raise families and keep their head above water that they don't have time to tune into politics. And they're not paying attention to what's right. going on. Which is a normal thing for that that generational cohort between roughly thirty and sixty or twenty five and, and mm. fifty five, you know, they tend not to be as political as the people on the young and the old end because they just, you know, they're so wrapped up in life, right, in right. and in, in the busyness of life. But um, I, so, and then on top of that, you've got the racial demographic change that is happening in the United States. But I think the big one is the generational one. You know, we're we're getting about 10 million new uh, Gen Zers every mm -hmm. year. I think 
No, it can't be that many. I, I read in the New York Times today, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. Right. I, yeah, I don't want to okay. number. I'm not sure of it, mm -hmm. but it's some huge number of mm -hmm. observers yes. are, are aging into the over 18 voting population. And at the same time, about half that number of boomers are dying out, which is right. you know, the, the Fox News generation. So uh, I, I think that if we can make it through this election of 2024, yeah, and yeah. ideally if we can make it through in a big way and seize enough power to actually right the ship, as it were, and you know if our, the first legislation out of the gate in 2025 is to is to make voting an absolute right, which will wow. shatter the the power of uh, at, at least half the red states yep. Yep. administrations, and then uh, strip money out of politics, which yes. will shatter power of, of the whole Coke network and all those guys, if we can roll back those two those two elements, we can put this country back together and make right. it work really well, and we can join all the rest of the developed countries in the world that have national health care systems and free college education <laughs> and, 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 and a large population that is unionized. Right. I mean, these, these are not radical ideas. No. Literally, every other democracy on earth has these as central pillars of their democracy, and we don't have any of them. We've got 35 million people who have no health insurance. We've got 200 million people who are underinsured, or 170, or whatever yeah, the numbers. Yeah. We've got we've got uh, two trillion dollars worth of student debt that is just crushing an entire generation of people. I mean, it, 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 no other country has these problems, right. mm. and they are brought to you 100 percent by by Republican politicians who've been bought and paid for by right wing billionaires. That's okay. it. Yep. Yeah. And it's just the it's I feel that the the younger generation, because they've grown up in a very small world because of the Internet, they they see uh, they're, they're not susceptible to the lies as maybe my generation was or earlier or, you know, older generations, because they they see that yeah uh, other countries have universal health care like we stand alone here they have friends in other countries that they talk to on zoom and whatnot and they see that we're the only country that doesn't have any sick leave or or vacation time you know at all we have no vacation nothing you know we don't have the freedom to be human here you know to Unless be Right, unless you're rich. That's the giant caveat. That's where the Republican Party lives, is they only look out for the interests of right. people who are, you know, over a million dollars a year. That's that's their that's their base. Right. Their real base. I mean, that's that that's where their money comes from, that's where their power comes from. And then basically, you know, the rest of their base, the the the, the you know, lower middle class suckers who vote for them. Mm -hmm. It's just that's just a scam that the GOP yeah. is for about right. four Exactly. But it's just there. That's why they appeal to their bigotries. And I mean, it's just so clear. That's all they have. Yeah. This uh, anti-trans, you know, this whole and it's really alarming, you know, the anti-trans stuff. And I've heard you talk about it on your show, too. This is it's right out of the Nazi playbook. I mean, there is no getting around it that that's how the Nazis they targeted. Uh, that's how they started. Yeah, that's how they started. Literally they, started. I mean, they had been talking about Jews for a long time, but when it came to actual persecution, the Nazis started with trans people. Mm -hmm. And trans people, they went to gay people, you know, gays and lesbians. And then from there, they started on the religious minorities. And right. right. It was all about protecting the children, too. I mean, this is what's so chilling. There's a movie about this out. Have you seen it? I haven't it? seen it, but I've, I'd say oh, I, in I, my I queue. It. What, it's called... Uh, 
El Dorado. It's El Dorado. It's an hour and a half documentary on uh, Netflix, and it is. And and there's, they show the historical footage, and then they cut away to scenes where actors are playing the roles of the people in the in the history. Right. And but but ac fully accurate scenes, and wow. uh, see, so it's you, you really get to see how 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 Germany changed in that period from 1933 with the rise of Hitler until the end right. of the war. Right. Uh, and through the eyes of this of this uh, gay nightclub, the yeah. Eldorado. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about it on the show, how um, the because there was a gay center in Berlin. That was it. Yeah. 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 And there, yeah, there was a scientific center that was associated right. with it too. And yeah, the guy. Gender the studies. The right. And uh, they did. Um, they did gender affirming they did care. Surgery. They. Yeah. And, and they were and, and they were providing normal you know stuff of, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. counseling and abortions and childbirth right. wow yeah i mean berlin was uh was a beacon of progressive uh of progressivism and that's in the 20s yeah and into the early 30s yeah actually wow. right up to 33 when hitler took over and then he put mm -hmm. an end to all that like that. Yeah, yeah, and that and that is the that is another history that is kind of like the hidden history because people really don't know about that. That's why it's really good that 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 documentary exists on Netflix, and especially it's incredibly relevant. Which I th I mean, especially when I was reading your book too, I was like, this is so such a relevant book right now, because one of the things I talk about on my show too is that we is the problem that we don't have a common history here. We don't seem to share. And that's part of what Republicans, you know, they talk about government schools and, you know, they don't want us to have a common history. But how do we, how do you have a country if you don't have a common history, you know? It's, yeah, I don't recall who it was who said it, but, you know, he who controls or they who control the past control the present and mm -hmm. those all the president control the future. I guess right. that's the right. And so, right. And so the, the first step is controlling the past and controlling the past means controlling the schools. Yes. That's why you see these billionaires funding these programs you know, with these right wing right. moms and whatnot mm -hmm. who are attempting to control our schools and, and change our history. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, in Florida now, uh, the, it was just up tonight in the news. Um, they're te they're, the, the state uh, board of education or whatever is going to be requiring them, re requiring history teachers in Florida elementary schools to teach children that there was a benefit to slavery. The slaves oh, left. no. Are you kidding me? This so that is was like, this is an abomination. There's a benefit to slavery? This To the slaves. <laughs> the slaves. Oh, well, that is what, slaved I mean, people. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that. I mean, that's really the perspective of what the slave owners would say. Of course, they were teaching people. It's the same old racist trope that Republicans use now when they talk about welfare. Uh, uh, you know, not so ironically, you know, they talk about the dignity of work, teaching people the dignity of work. And that's the same thing that they would say about enslaving people. They had to teach uh, black people, of course, because otherwise they would hang around in the and do nothing. You know, it's the same kind. Of, it's the same racist trope they use about welfare. You know, putting aside the fact that, you know, as a percentage, more white people are on welfare than people of color. But okay, that doesn't. You know, facts have a liberal bias, so we don't 
really need to worry about it. But you know what I mean? They're, it's just they rehash the same racist tropes. And now, I mean, just hearing this, I, I, it's almost, it's stunning to me. I don't even know how, how, what, how, why, you know, it's like the guy who was caught on tape recently. I can't remember what state saying that the Tulsa race riot, uh, oh, the race massacre that wasn't, you know, don't teach that it was about race, which I mean, I guess the what the shining light is that the uh, uh, is the overarching feeling is that yes, they are ridiculous. They are re- they sound ridiculous, and it almost it highlights it even more than we could even highlight it just by talking about it. They they really are showing who they are, and like you're saying about young people, they, the young people aren't buying this no matter what. It's like the last gasp of, a, of like the horror, the creature in the horror movie, you know, you think he's dead and then he comes back up, you know. <laughs> That's what it feels like. But, you know, hopefully, I mean, legally and peacefully, we can like stomp him down. But uh, I just think, wow, what a, you know, I mean, it could really go either way, you know. Something because I am, a, I I love history too, like you, and uh, and I especially have always um, studied the history of World War II and the rise of Nazis, and it's really chilling, you know, to see um, how we are at this crossroads here. And one good thing, though, is that you could hear on the on the regular mainstream media they're talking about it too, which is actually a good thing, which, you know, for years, they would never say the word fascism at all. And now, you know, the media pundits like Joy Reid and whatnot, they're talking about it openly, which is, that's good. But yeah, I mean, uh, we're in, uh, we're, we're living in very interesting times, that's for sure. And, uh, so let me see when um i wrote down some questions here but it doesn't really matter i know you only have uh 30 minutes (laughs) so it says what challenges do you foresee in revitalizing democracy in america and how do you propose overcoming them that's a that's a good one well i think the challenge that we face is the structural challenge that the republicans have erected they've Mm -hmm. made it hard to vote in uh, the blue cities that are located within red states, uh, right. and that's and that's having a national influence. Um, they they they're purging voters off the voting rolls to the tunes of millions a year, right. in, mostly in blue cities and red states. They're they're uh, changing the the rules around voting to make it harder for working people to vote. I mean, who can who can stand in line for six hours? Right, right, and and. Um, you know, that, that is probably going to be the major impediment because those laws are not going to go away. In fact, the Supreme Court has yeah. reaffirmed. Oh. And in 2018, the Supreme Court reaffirmed the ability of John Husted in, uh, in Ohio, the, the Secretary of State there, to, to just, like, purge people from voting wow. rights. All he has to do is mail out a postcard to them, and he can right. type mailing it to it. He can just take right. the, 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 the 
registered Democrats, you know, and just or or you know, in this it looked like at the time he was doing it mostly into black neighborhoods. And he mails a postcard in, and either if they don't send the postcard back or if they fail to send the postcard back, depending on the type of postcard, um, they get dropped off the voting rolls. Right. And there's all be, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 percent uh, of people who, even if the postcard was great and said, if you don't send this back in giant letters, yeah. write the book. but instead they make it look like junk. Mail. Yep. So it's like yep. a 50 percent, uh, you know, uh, lack of return or return mm-hmm. rate. So literally you send that out to two million people and suddenly you've got the ability to pull a million wow. people off the perfectly legally with the with the approval of the Supreme Court. And they're doing it, like I said, to the tune of a million dollars or a million, you know, million voters a year. So what what is the rationale from the Supreme Court? Do you know what they what they said? That states get to make their own rules with regard to elections, which is what it says in the Constitution. But the, I mean, for years that that's uh, voter caging, and that's that was illegal. And- Alito, in in uh, actually, you'll see this in the article that I'm publishing tomorrow on HartmanReport.com. Actually, Alito in that decision, I quote from that decision, that Supreme Court decision, and Alito in that decision um, pointed out that. Uh, there are millions and millions of Americans who are registered to vote in more than one state and uh, use that as the justification to allow uh, Husted to what he was doing in Ohio. Now, the fact of the matter is there are millions of people who yeah. are voted to registered to vote in multiple states. I, you know, I, in the last 10 years, uh, I, you know, I lived in, um, I lived in Vermont. I've lived right. in Oregon and I moved to Oregon. Then I went back to Washington, DC and lived there. And then I came back to Oregon. I didn't notify any one of those three right. states that I had arrived or I had left for voting purposes. I simply never voted more than one place. Right. It's normal. You know, 7% of Americans move every year. It's absolutely normal that people yeah. are registered in more than one state. What's abnormal is that they try to vote in both those states. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, you know, they, they, they are able to identify maybe 20 or 30 cases a year of people who do that kind of fraud. Nobody does that. Exactly. So it was a non-problem. But for Alito, it was enough of oh. a justification to allow Ohio to go ahead and purge a million people off the voting rolls in Cincinnati and Toledo. Right. As, as if you're going to get on a plane and, and fly back to Washington or something and or D.C., you know. And, yeah, typically you know, when, it's, when it's done with a mail-in ballot. But, say, you know, it, right. it, do true, it. True, true. I mean, nobody, you know, first off, nobody thinks their vote is that important. <laughs> it's like, right. I risk right. going to jail for one friggin' vote. Right. Like, I mean, who – and that's the thing. When there there is voter fraud, it's, you know, generally people are caught and there's – there's repercussions and it's never anything that's going to tip the election. And ironically, what we've seen in the last four years is that most of the voter fraud is that gets caught is, I mean, like over 80 percent of it is Republicans. Exactly. And the reason why they're doing it is because the party has convinced them that everybody else is. You know, they're so convinced that Democrats are regularly and routinely committing voter fraud that they assume that there's no penalty Mm -hmm. to it, no risk to it. And, hey, everybody's doing it, so they just go ahead and do it. And, in fact, no Democrats are doing this. Mm-hmm. Or very, it's uh, true. And, frankly, most Republicans are not doing this. It's right. just, a, like you said, 20, 30 people yeah. a year. Give and they're all from the villages. Right? Yeah. It's true, though. So, Many of them are from the villages. But that's, Oh, there were six or seven of them from the villages. Yeah, You're that I, one retired definitely. community that's mm-hmm. But that's what you're saying. Yeah. No, you're right, 100%. They're, they're doing it because 
they've been, they're being told that that's been their defense in a couple of cases that have come to trial is they've literally their defense has been well a lot of democrats are doing this why why am i interested wow i mean you think these people are ever going to wake up i wonder you know yeah i mean I, i think that actually i think that there's a gradual awakening kind of washing over the gop and and this is why although you see you know you see these numbers like trump's popularity with the republic and it's getting higher and higher. Right. Oh, my God. The Republican Party is shrinking. Yeah. You know, the number of people who will identify publicly as Republicans and the number of people who are registered as Republicans is shrinking, both those numbers. And so when you get a smaller pie, you know, a, a slice that has the same amount of, of uh, blueberries in it is now yeah. a bigger piece of the pie. You know, it looks like it's bigger relative to the pie because the pie is getting smaller. Right. So, you know, that's what's going on. I, it's right. not that Trump is becoming popular. He's just more popular with Republicans that's because right. the, the rational Republicans are leaving. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If if you are, if you have any shred of integrity, I think you've already gone. Yeah, that's true. How could you stay? I mean, if the Democratic Party was turning into what the Republican Party is, you know, we'd be gone. You know, yeah. but so Tom, I have to thank you yet again. You're, uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. This, this my show, pleasure. You, uh, yeah, thank you. And thank you for your, your amazing, uh, hidden history series. And I, I mean, I learned so much uh, from your books and your show every single day. And I just, you know, I'm glad that, uh, we're, both at the barricades together, you know, trying yeah. to make this uh, country work for work for all, I suppose. But thank thank you so much, really. And Tara, uh, thanks so much for inviting me on your program. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, the amazing, incredible Tom Harmon. He only had a half hour, so. I wanted to respect that and I didn't want to, you know, abuse his, uh, his graciousness coming on the show. So he's incredible. What can I say? What can I say? He's the best. He really is. I mean, the fact that he comes on my show, Tower Buster, that has cats in the background is well he is a cat person too well he's an i think he's an animal person i always remember one time he was talking about one of his cats who passed away and he started to choke up and that right there i really i you know doubled tripled quadrupled my respect for him because i i'm here i'm with him i'm with him you know, I mean, he's a real, he's a human, unlike the uh, right-wingers. You know, empathy, that's part of what it means to be a liberal. You know, it's like you, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I, I feel for people, you know, left behind, left out. I don't see why we can't make a world that works for, for all. Right? Right? So, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, I really, I could have just went on and on with uh, Tom, but like I said, he only had a half hour, and 
I didn't want to push it. So, oh, thank you. Oh, you're nice, guys. Very nice uh, compliments on the chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so if you ever go over to the Tom Hartman show, just tell them that Tara sent you. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe up my street cred or something. Yeah, and hi, Shannon. Nice to see you in the chat. Thank you for your super chat, too. Very nice. Really? Winston Tom mentioned me on his show one day? Oh, great. Oh, one of these days. You know what I got to do? This is what I was imagining, not imagining, but thinking to myself. I need cause I need to talk to, I mean, I need to um, call in to Tom's show some sometimes. I have done that in the past, you know, called in and talked about, when they're talking about things that I feel like I can make a contribution, I will. I will do that. It helps. It helps the show, you know, to, um, you know, plug the show in the meantime and make a contribution to the conversation. All right. Let me shut down this Skype because I got to pay when it's running, <laughs> you know, and we, we only have uh, so many patrons, you know what I'm saying? So if you can become a patron at patreon.com slash devil, and that'll help to keep the show going and growing and help pay for our call in, studio lines all right let me see let me see what do we, where do we go where do we go from here yeah i gotta watch that see that documentary that tom is talking about is it's great that the things like that are on netflix because i do hope that young people watch that uh, it's it's easier, you know, to uh, absorb history when uh, in in little chunks like that, and it's palatable for um, for young people because it's really important. This is the world they're living in, and I'm glad it's out there. You know, it's really alarming whenever I hear the Republicans going after trans people. Of course, you know. Um, I relate it to what the, uh, what happened in the early days of the third Reich, but, uh, um, at one time it was, it felt like it was just me and a few other people, you know, talking about it, but now it's, um, it seems that more, a lot more people are, um, really kind of understanding what we're up against and that the Republicans aren't kidding around. They are fascist. And it's good to know that, you know, they're getting the credit that they deserve. For example, oh, you know, here's a one, here's one other thing. This is just an aside, just to get, get my brain back into the show. And, uh, let me see. So, did you... Okay. When... What I talk about on the show all the time is that uh, that there's something wrong 
with with right wingers and just give me five ten minutes with a right winger oh wait my skype just made a noise and um i'll get to the bottom of it if they are if they are if they're truthful right so anyway you you might have seen this desantis campaign staffer caught on a ring camera i mean this uh, all right let me let me just let me just play this in case you missed it like fuck you get off my fucking one then i'd be like yo eat my balls honestly wait hold on i gotta move myself there eat my big hairy <laughs> so this so this brat of a DeSantis campaign staffer, door knocker. I, I, I don't know. I think the DeSantis campaign is paying these people. See, I've done this before. I've knocked on doors. And I've uh, canvassed for certain candidates. And you leave little door knockers. And you uh, try to talk to people about the candidate and whatnot. And um, I've never been paid for this. It's always been volunteer. But apparently DeSantis is having a hard time getting people to do this for him. Well, I wonder why. And this is the kind of people he gets. So I'm not sure if this person is actually a supporter of Ron DeSantis. But it just goes to show you what type of person, if... He is a he's, he certainly sounds like it, but uh, this is who they are. Eat my balls, he says. Like, fuck you. Get off my so apparently, he says that somebody he knocked on somebody's door, and then they were like, "Fuck you, get off my lawn." Then I'd be like, "Yo, eat my balls, honestly." And he responded, "Eat my balls." Eat my, Eat my big, hairy sack. What do you say? Because they they bring nothing to the table. Oh, well, thank you. Um, what a scintillating conversation. Right? What a scintillating political discourse. Well, but that's the discourse you expect from a right-winger. Right? I mean, how many times have you been in a conversation with a right winger and they're like, and you're actually and you're offering facts and they're like, "Well, eat my balls. Eat my big hairy balls." That's what they got. That's all they ha I mean, I'm not saying they have big hairy balls. I doubt it. If you have to boast about your whatever, then it's not that good. Usually, it's nothing to write home about. But anyway, but this is who they are. Uh, remember when the Republicans were uh, at their debate? Republican debate. Let me see if I have that. I do have it somewhere. I just don't know how I categorized it. And they were debating the size of their dicks. No problem there. No problem there. 
I mean, these are very sick people and they offer nothing to society. Much less America. Okay, but Trump says, I am your warrior, I am your justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. I'm not going to let this happen. Wow. What a bunch of victims, right? Such professional victims. I am your warrior. I am your your warrior. I thought you had bone spurs. Your warrior? Yes, what a warrior. A guy who looks like he, you know, he can't even walk across a golf green without passing out, or at least looking like it. When I get back into the Oval Office, I will totally obliterate the deep state. They will be obliterated. Even as BLM and Antifa traveled the streets of this country and burned them to the ground. In fact, the people at the Capitol on January 6th are exactly the ones who most want to believe in our elections. See, these are, um, for those who are listening on audio only, this is a montage of that, whatever that was. It was called Turning Point Action. This convention, another fascist Nuremberg rally that Republicans have. They have to have a lot of rallies. I don't know, because they're very fragile. They need to continuously, I guess, get together and um, assure each other that they're not the uh, permanent minority that they that they are, and it's true. Uh, Tom is what Tom is talking about is one hundred percent correct. These right wingers are the minority, and they they are unfit, of course, to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. But um, they know this. They um, and this is why they manipulate um, elections. That they try to dump people off the voting rolls. They got to. They have to make sure that people can't vote, because when people vote, they lose. And it's all about power to them. It's not about a functioning democracy. If they had, um, you know, the best interests of this country at heart, they would they would be able to function within the constraints of democracy like Democrats do. You know, they, uh, when they, when they lose elections, Democrats don't get together and try to come up with ways to kick people off the voting rolls. Well, how do we prevent Republicans from voting? No, of course, much to my utter frustration, uh, these, Republican, I mean, the Democrats, they uh, usually, um, you know, adjust their policies to the right. How do we get more votes? Well, let's become more like Republicans. That's what they do. Uh, but, you know, good news, I have to say. Um, I know... A lot of people like, uh, well, Ron Placone is coming on the show on Friday, you know, when he's, he hates Joe Biden or whatever. But I have to say it's, um, it could be worse. And the fact that they took that 
perjury trader green ad and embraced it that he's embracing the mantle of fdr and lbj i think that's kind of encouraging it could be worse right at least it's not like uh barack obama who was notorious for quoting reagan which used to make me want to puke so anyway, for those who are listening audio only, this is um, what we're listening to. We're playing a montage of the Nuremberg Nazis, well, the Nazis at the Nuremberg rally known as Turning Point Action. They're the ones who carried the pocket constitution. Tucker Carlson says that the January 6th traders are the ones who want elections to work. Well, why don't they shut the fuck up and go home? They want elections to work? Well, why don't they respect the peaceful transfer of power then? Oh, they wear, they, they sport the pocket constitution. So why don't they read it and sh- sit down and shut the F up? Stop spreading the big lie. They're the ones who want it to work. I mean, oh, because they they wear a pocket constitution, which means nothing. And once again, Republicans prove me correct. It's the it's the uh, pantomime of democracy. It's the show of patriotism. Because the substance of patriotism is way over their heads. Oh, we, we have a pocket constitution in our pockets. Well, what, who cares? If you have a pocket constitution in your pocket when you're storming the Capitol screaming, hang Mike Pence. Talking about the election was stolen and trying to disrupt and stop the peaceful transfer of power. Oh, you had a pocket constitution. You see, it's all about the the um, the show. It's not about the substance. Because the it, the symbols are all they can the, all they have. The substance. Now, that is goddamn far too woke. Right? We have a pocket constitution. Just trying to... Here we go. Here. Just trying to find something. January 6th. I gotta get, like, gotta get a good library system here. Officers face off with rioters who say they support the police. They have pocket constitutions. But assault them anyway. We're going to show what happened here because it demonstrates yet again how failures by Capitol Police leaders to prepare put the safety of these officers at risk. Yeah, 
a look at all those pocket constitutions, everybody. Failures by Capitol Police leaders to prepare put the safety and look of at these the flags. officers at risk. They got flags. Capitol Police had been ordered oh, to withhold some of their stronger... Look at that little scumbag. You know? You see that that dirtbag right there? Pointing at the cop who fell? This is who these scumbags are. Capitol Police had been... Ooh, ooh, ooh. My... My anger just really rose in, in my stomach. Ugh. Ha ha. Oh, they backed the blue, though, right? Capital oh, Police had been... Dirt bag. Dirt bag. ...to withhold some of their stronger weapons. But as soon as Robert Glover, a Metro Police inspector, arrives, he calls for his munitions team to help. Cruiser 50, give me a DSO team, DSO team. DSO team to respond to the west part of the capital. When the building is breached, Glover knows he needs to retreat and seeks advice from capital leaders. I need a command official from capital so we can coordinate where they want us to get back to. We cannot hold this without more munitions or more pieces of dirt. These effing dirt bags. But Capital don't respond. He asks four times. I need to know from Capital. Where do I want to go back to? Oh, they got flags. Here's. Do you think that was an insurrection? It was a tragic day. Tragic. Um, when they. I've never used the word insurrection to hang me from the gallows they constructed outside the Capitol after the con man incited a riot and directed the mob to prevent the peaceful transfer of power because he's not man enough to admit that he lost. And the Republicans are disgusting enough to enable this. And that's what they're doing now. They're enabling this con man, the grift that never ends. You know, until when will it end with these right wingers? Thank God for uh, for Jack Smith. OK, thank God. Because trust me, when the history of this time is written, he's going to come out as a hero, as the hero he is. Unfortunately, you know, Merrick the Meek, we had to wait over a year for Merrick the, the Meek to do nothing as it came out. We were all like, what, what's Merrick the Meek doing? What's he up to? And then I had friends that would tell me, well, patience, he's making sure he's crossing the T's and dotting the I's. He wasn't doing anything. He was doing nothing, as we know now. He wasn't crossing any T's or dotting any I's. He was allowing the con man to, to roam this country free, like, like COVID, without a mask or a vaccine. 
you know, before we had the masks and vaccines and people were dying. That's what Trump is. He's a freaking disgusting, you know, infection. So now we have somebody that doesn't care. That he, He's somebody that prosecuted Milosevic, you know, the world's most disgusting war criminals. And now he's coming for the Republicans. Good. Guess what? I love when the right-wingers are like, well, and Trump says it, and all the Republicans say, oh, if they come for me, they can come for you. Yeah. If you, too, um, incite an insurrection, if you, too, send fake electors to... Uh, instead of the actual electors who who uh, are commissioned by the voters by through their through the the their election system, you know, if you too try to overthrow a democracy, yeah, they're gonna come for you too. Imagine that. And trust me, you know what's going on, these, these filthy bastards. They're uh, apparently Trump and Elise Stefanik, the most dead-eyed, fake-ass, basic bitch. I mean, at least not the most, but one of the most that we've ever had to look at. You, you realize that when we look at Elise Stefanik, we're looking into dead eyes and a phony face. When you, I don't know about you, but I get like a weird feeling when I look at Elise Stefanik because she's, she's fake. They're all fake. You know, they smile. They have this fake ass smile like perjury trader green. And it's, we're supposed to believe, you know, you get this weird feeling. You're like, what is, what is this? It's like you're looking uh, at, at, uh, you know, a sociopath. You get that, you get that, like, um, you know, those, that gut feeling, like something's not right here. Where is it? I have some. Ugh. Can't believe. Hold on a second. I thought I had Elise in here. Oh wait, let's just complete. Correction, Tucker. Tucker. Over the last two years, but Mike Pence is such a phony ass too. He's like generic man. And the other thing is, can you believe this Tucker Carlson clown, you know, born on third base, thinking he hit a triple, this chicken murdering Swanson heir, taking all of his privilege. You know, you can't just sit in the ivory tower and shut the fuck up. He's got to try to drag this country back to the dark ages. Because that's when Tucker, I mean, he's he's really born too late, you know. He wishes he could have lived in the dark ages because he'd be at the top of the heap. He'd be sitting in, the, in a castle somewhere, 
And this is why the, the, why the, the founders fought a revolution, because Western civilization for thousands of years was under the thumb of these inadequate uh, little pasty-faced doughboys like Tucker because they were born into it and then everybody had to uh, just ex- just respect their authority and uh, you know as another child was born into this aristocracy the world would hold its breath hoping against hope that this one wasn't a scumbag let's just hope this one has a heart this one treats people with respect and decency. But chances are, no. You are SOL. It's really unbelievable. Elise Stefanik. The Democrats are pedophiles. I thought I had... Oh, here it is. This is the thing I'm looking for. Wait, hold on. Just focus on the military. Stop using taxpayer money. Shut up. Okay, this is a um, a clip of weaker speaker Kevin McCarthy going on about how the Republicans had packed all... Well, he's defending the fact that the Republicans had packed the defense authorization bill with all kinds of shit, you know, that all, all this anti-trans shit and from scumbags who haven't wore a uniform of this country and haven't served this country a day in their lives. And you know that these Republicans don't serve this country. They serve themselves. If they serve this country, they wouldn't behave like this. And look at Elise Stefanik. And this is what I'm talking about. That, that, uh, that fake-ass smile. Her dead eyes in that dead, fake smile. To do their own wokeism. A military cannot defend themselves if you train them in woke. Really? What, is, what are you talking about? Now, when I was in the military... We were trained in woke. We were trained in, not that I needed this training, but I'm sure some of the dumbasses did. Trained in decency and respect. Right? Trained in not being a racist piece of shit. I'm sure, now, I, like I said, I didn't need this training. I'd live in New York my whole life. We li- I live in a diverse part of the nation where, you know, we're living proof. You can live together and you can respect each other. And it's really no big deal. But in other parts of the country, you know, I was shocked. I have to tell you at the time, some of the racist shit I heard come out of people's mouths because I... Like I said, yeah, you know, coming from New York, nobody talks like that. Well, unless you're from Staten Island, excuse me. I ha- I told you some stories about people on Staten Island, but that's 
that's the outlier. That's why I don't live there anymore. But still, the they would have training about, you know, don't be a piece of shit. If you're a racist piece of shit and we hear you, there will be consequences. It doesn't mean that people don't, uh, you know, aren't racist in their hearts, but they don't want to hear it. Keep it to yourself, you stupid (laughs) dummy. (laughs) I was going to say dullard. You stupid dullard dummy. You stupid doom da da doom. Anyway, uh, I I just found this clip, you know, typical. Uh, yeah, nothing, you know, just blabbering, and then this bitch s- sitting in the back with a fake ass smile. We don't want Disneyland to train our military. We want our men and women in the military to have every defense possible. And that's what our bill does. And what does that mean? What does that mean? And look at her dead eyes. Anybody? Look at them. They're all dead in the eyes. And that's not an accident. We don't want woke. That stupid grin. They all... uh, Let me look at this picture here. Hold on. Uh, That George Santos and Elise Stefanik photo. Where they're smiling. The same smile. Where is this? My God. Have, oh, oh, God. What's going on with George Santos anyway? Wait. Ugh. It's such an embarrassment. Look at them. Look. They have the same fake-ass smile. Am I wrong? Wait. You're not seeing her. Hold on. Look. The same dead eyes, same fake smile. Am I wrong? Anybody? You look at that. Do you, that's like the stuff of nightmares. It's like you wake up in the middle of the night and you get, and there's some kind of demon hovering over your bed because you have somehow slipped some halfway into the astral plane and. You are somewhere between sleep and nightmare. And you see these two ghouls hanging above your head with their dead eyes and their fake-ass dead smiles. I mean, hello, am I wrong? This is not a smile. There's no warmth in it. There's no humanity. And the eyes are dead. Because there's nothing there. But fraud, they're just frauds. 
There's no humanity. Am I wrong? Right? No, I'm not. What is going on with George Santos anyway? Can somebody tell me if he's in jail yet? Let me see. George Santos? I'm just Googling it. Oh, let's see. Oh, look at this. This is incredible. George Santos asks to change bail so he can go dining and shopping. And look, look at the picture that accompanies this article from the Daily Beast. He's holding a flag. And that says it all. That says it all from Republicans. That's how they treat America. America's just some bitch. You know, go get me some money, bitch. America is like a streetwalker. And they're like a pimp. They wear America like a sex worker wears high heel shoes to to get their johns you know their tricks no offense to sex workers of course but george santos is fed up with the restrictions of his bail even with the 13 count indictment alleging money laundering and wire fraud the serial fabulist has been allowed to travel freely between New York and Washington, D.C. with some restrictions, but apparently that's not enough. Santos's lawyer has asked the judge to expand the area he's allowed to travel without having to give unnecessary notifications to authorities. No, I hope this wasn't allowed. Um to include a 30-mile radius around D.C., according to Wednesday court filings. The reason, the reason, excuse me, I said that wrong, the reason, Santos feels he deserves to be able to carry out usual and customary functions of someone who lives and works in D.C., such as dining, shopping, meetings. What's he doing dining and shopping? He's living like a a pig at the trough because he is a grifter and he's got his hooks into the greatest grift that a Republican has ever grifted and that's politics, that's government. They're not in government for altruism. The reason, oh yeah, dining, shopping. The lawyer claimed in the filing that prosecutors don't oppose bail, don't oppose the bail modification. Santos's $500,000 bail has garnered much attention. Blah, blah, blah. What? Oh, and speaking of... Listen, listen, listen. Speaking of the grift. What? So it has changed? The judge... Oh, come on. What the fuck? Give me a break. The judge agrees to loosen George Santos's travel restrictions around D.C. A federal judge agreed on Wednesday to ease George Santos's pretrial travel restrictions and allow the congressman to move further outside the District of Columbia. Magistrate Judge, U.S. Magistrate Judge Ann Shields, who is a dumb bitch, granted a request made earlier on Wednesday by Santos's lawyer 
to let the Republican who is indicted on federal charges to travel within a 30-mile radius of D.C. Murray told Shields in a letter that Santos has good faith for requesting the change. Good faith. You're talking about a fucking liar. Through and through. Somebody who lied about his mother's death. Somebody who lied that his mother had had uh, died on September or because of September 11th. Somebody who lied about his goddamn grandparents. Somebody who stole checks from his parent from his mother's employer, so he can go shopping. Somebody who wouldn't pay his rent, and sat in a and 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 squatted in an apartment rent-free thanks to the eviction moratorium no one could touch him while he tweeted out when will this eviction moratorium end so he could get the um the rent from his 15 rental properties that he didn't have it was his mother's dead employer? Oh, Jesus. It's even worse. I mean, he's a scumbag. Good faith. All right. One last thing before we hang it up for the evening. I thought, let's see. I've, I didn't even think about this until now. But I saw this earlier. Speaking of the grift, the grift, um, talking about the grift is what jarred my memory. Did you see this? Melania Trump's latest NFT collection. Did you see this? Melania celebrates the anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. Who the fuck is she to celebrate the moon landing? This is when she landed on uh, Trump's small, smaller than average moon. Who is she? You see what I'm saying? These people are grifters. Why are you celebrating the moon landing? What do you have to do with Apollo 11. Except that you saw... Oh, whoa, whoa, tell me. What... What anniversary has happened? Oh, Apollo 11? Let's put out an NFT for these suckers. Melania Trump is aiming for the heavens with the launch of her latest non-fungible tokens which is tied to the anniversary of the of American astronauts landing on the moon. Like, you have anything to do with that? She's got nothing to do with the moon landing in any remote fashion. So shut up and shut up. Who are you to make money off of it? You're celebrating the moon landing? They have no shame. The former First Lady's press office announced on Wednesday that she'll be 
selling a limited edition collectible celebrating Apollo 11's successful lunar landing called Man on the Moon. Who cares? Who are you? Why don't you sell a non-fungible token of your lesbian photo shoot? I mean, that would be something related to you, Melania. Or maybe sell a non-fungible token of the garden, of the beautiful rose garden that you turned into uh, nothing, that you made look like shit because right-wingers destroy everything they touch. The NFTs being sold for $75 each mark July 20th, 1969's Giant Leap for Mankind when NASA astronauts Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong landed on the moon in a space flight piloted by Michael Collins. What do you have to do with any of this? I mean, if I were um, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, or Michael Collins's relative, I would be like really annoyed right now. More annoyed than I am. Saying like, who are you, lady? Who are you? Who is this bitch to sell this shit? To try to make money off of it? Why don't you do so? If you want to celebrate, tweet something. Tweet a picture. On this day, in 1969, we made a giant leap for mankind. Have a nice day. No, uh, here, I need $75. Give me $75. You got $20? Hey, for the low, low price of $75, you can look at this non-fungible token of a man on the moon that I had nothing to do with I mean, the the nerve, really. The nerve. And look at this bitch. Oh, shit, I shut the damn thing. It's incredible. Another NFT collection from the ex-executive mansion resident that went on sale last year highlighted iconic moments from Trump administration. Oh, wait, it's not the first time that Trump, a 53-year-old former model, has doubled as a purveyor of digital products since her con man husband exited the White House. You know, trophy wife number three um, has hawked $50 Americana-themed digital art dubbed the 1776 collection. I can't. I can't take it. Timed with time to the 4th of July, she also released a Christmas NFT collection. See, these are things I didn't know about. The, well, I knew she's a grifter. Well, I want to see. The limited edition beveled brass decorations and corresponding animated NFTs were designed by Trump herself. Which means they must suck. 
Come on. No, this the page isn't even loading. Okay. My creative inspiration for the upcoming holiday season is hope and naturally the star embodies this spirit, she said on her personal sales page, which isn't loading. And let's all remember that back during Christmas when she was in the White House and had to decorate shit. She famously said how nobody gives a shit about Christmas. I think that was the quote. Or was it, I don't give a fuck about Christmas. Let me, let me Google this. Melania Trump, I don't give a fuck about Christmas. That's right. Yep. Melania tapes reveal complaints about Christmas and migrant children. You know, as you do in the Christmas spirit. Who cares about Christmas? I just want $75 for this picture of a man on the moon that I had nothing to do with. It's even more delicious when you have nothing to do with a thing and you could still make $75. Oh, and look at this. Melania Trump's Apollo 11 NFTs violate NASA's guideline. Of course it does because they have no taste. They have no integrity. They have no decency. They have no dignity. The space agency has made clear it does not condone the use of its imagery for NFT purposes. Yeah. I mean, why doesn't anybody do it? Just make a bunch of NFTs. Make a bunch of uh, images of the man on the moon. Why don't you just sell everything? Sell it all. If it's not nailed down, sell it. Why don't you sell uh, an NFT of Rosa Parks not getting her getting up from her seat? Right? Oh, great moments in American history. $75, please. Well, no, we'll sell it for 20. $29.99. Melania Trump le- released her let me, let me see. The former la- the former lady, first lady Trophy life, wife number three, the man on the moon. Colli- oh, here it is. Look. Look, everybody. Totally worth it. The man on the moon NFT uses one of the most iconic images from NASA's mission to the moon, which landed two astronauts on the lunar surface on July 20th, 1969. The mission, the image was taken by mission commander Neil Armstrong and shows Aldrin near the leg of the lunar module Eagle on the surface of the moon. NASA's image are generally not copyrighted and are made available for use to serve educational or informational purposes, not to sell your stupid grifting NFT. You indecent 
undignified effing trophy wife nude model that disgraced the White House despite receiving fewer votes. Okay, the space agency, however, draws a line when it comes to NFT. In its regulations for merchandising requests, the space agency states NASA is not approving any merchandising applications involving non-fungible tokens. So I guess Trophy Wife number three didn't even request, you know, uh, any... Uh, just a request approval because the image is in the public domain. So she's like, yeah. Fuck it. I want $75. That's all that matters. If I get a lot of $75, I can, I, I can fill this bottomless pit of a hole called my soul where 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 my soul would be if i wasn't such a grifting grasping grifter incredible no decency no dignity Whew. unreal All right, listen, listen, listen. Yeah, public domain, public grift. I could. Well, that's what they. She probably said, uh, "Find me something in the public domain, so I don't have to pay, and all those dollars go into my pocket." Incredible, incredible. All right, listen, guys. Listen, listen, listen time for I need to go get unconscious I want to thank everybody for hanging out where's the book where's Tom's book oh here it is I want to thank Tom Hartman and I I'm not kidding I read this book from cover to cover it is the the, the thing about Tom's books the the hidden history series that they are easily digestible and incredibly informative. I'm telling you, it just so much is packed into these books. I'm, I mean, let me see. You could take a paragraph of these books and write an entire 10 page paper on one paragraph. I'm not even kidding. That's how much is packed into it. And uh, it's great. They're all great. I mean, they really are, especially this one. There's so much to it. And it talks about Native American, the connections of, uh, you know, the origin, not the, just the connections, but the origins of uh, our system of government with um, Native American government and of course the enlightenment thomas paine how uh there's what's the other thing democracy i wrote it down i wrote it all down 
Oh, hi, Boudica. We got cats coming over. All right. Well, anyway, we'll talk about it. 21st century dem- democracy agenda, restoring the middle class. It's all, I mean, it's all in here. What's up, Junior? I got a, I got a Junior cat over here. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. What do we got? My, there's, I had a friend staying over. That's why the couch is all covered with a sheet. My friend was in town and she stayed at my apartment. And she just left earlier today. Right, Junior? Where's Boudica? Booty. Boudica. Boudica. Come here, Booty. <laughs> Come here, booty. Come here, you little booty girl. Who's my good this? Who's my good girl? All right, listen, listen, listen. There she goes. There she goes. Hey, 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 hey. <gasps> He's hissing. Tara, please be good. Be good. Be good. All right, listen, guys. Look at how good she is. We will win. (laughs) Jeez, Louise. Why will we win? Because we're on the right side of history. Right, Booty? We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. She's getting big, right? Guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you, Tom Hartman, for coming on this greatest show in American history. And... I will, well, we have a show on Friday, and Ron Placone is going to be on the show, talking about some more bad internet bills. So there you go. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. Thank you all for your patronage at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Remember, my name is Tara Devlin. Yes, you remember that. If you can, I already said that, become a patron. Also, we have PayPal. If you, somebody, somebody contacted me and said, you need to mention your PayPal because I didn't know you had one. There is a PayPal. If you don't want to be a patron, you want to do a one-off donation to the show, you can, there's a link in the description for a PayPal donation link. And yeah, whatever. Whatever. If you can, give the show a good review and tell your friends, you know, and hang out. Come on Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hang out in the greatest chat room in American history at youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tarabuster. My name is Tara Devlin. Yeah. We stick together 
we win. I want to thank you, Tom Hartman, for coming on the show again, making this show seem respectable. And I will see you guys on Friday night.